Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. We live in an age where parents are heavily invested in their child's education. There are parents who hire tutors for kindergarten, parents who are very vocal about the way their child is taught. But is that the best way to foster a successful future for our kids? And what should our role be as their parent? Kyle Hattie is a primary school teacher and the co-author with his dad, John, of 10 Steps to Develop Great Learners. Hi, Kyle. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. Um, now, the distinction for me with this book is that it's all about fostering good learners. It seems to be about the process of learning as opposed to the final result. So I mentioned their parents hiring tutors for their kindergarten kids, um, you know, being really super focused on things like being able to say their alphabet before they enter the school system, um, which seems to be a different kind of end goal to actually fostering good learners. Why is that your focus in this book? I think it all started out when we first had the idea for this. Dad, in his usual fashion, goes through every piece of literature and reading that he could absolutely find on parenting all the meta-analysis around it worldwide, but also reading as many and as many parenting books as possible. But what we found is all the parenting books all had answers, answers to how to solve problems, how to fix kids and how to, how to do it right. But what we found was with parenting and as any parent know, there is not one right way to do it. What works for one parent is not going to work for another. What works for one child um, even in the same house, I have two daughters and what worked for my oldest did not work for my youngest. And it's not about an easy fix and it's not about doing the right things. It's about a way of thinking and the concept of learning as a lot of teachers and schools know is it's, it's all over the place. The concept of learning is hard and in order to get good learners. We're not, we're not trying to fill knowledge with these learners. We're trying to develop a way of thinking. So yeah. that's sort of where we wanted to take this book is not give knowledge of how to, but give thinking skills of the ways to think about developing learners. Yeah. And it, I find it really interesting because when parents would talk about things like homework or be proudly talking about their kid that got top of the class, my thoughts were always I don't really care where they come in the class. What I want is for them to love learning because I feel like if a child loves learning, if they have that curiosity, they will go as far as their ability will allow them to. You know, if they're struggling in something, but they love learning it, they're going to come to you and say, I need extra help or you'll see they need extra help and then you can get them a tutor. But it's that initial desire to know and to love the process that to me seems the key. Is, is that what you're sort of getting at? 100%. One of, the, um, one of the key quotes that dad always talks about from a previous study he did was one of the number one predictors of health, wealth and happiness later life is time in school. And you don't get the time in higher education 
or any schooling environment, where, whether that be learning through high school, learning through university, learning through apprenticeships. You don't get that without fostering a love of learning. One of the key differences that you and your dad talk about in this book is that you don't believe that parents are their child's first teacher. Why is that distinction important? Um, it's one of the things that constantly, as, as a teacher myself, there's one thing that I constantly hear from parents. It's how to do my job right. Because every parent has gone through school. Every, every parent has gone through a form of education and they see what that education is like. But I think what's happened over the recent years is with COVID, parents have jumped into the role of the teacher and has realized actually parents don't have the skills equipped that teachers do because they have not gone through a training process that teachers have. They realize that teaching and being in a classroom day to day and imparting knowledge for that for learning for in a school environment is incredibly difficult. And they would have seen their kids in a light that they've probably never seen before. What we are wanting parents to do and is what teachers are constantly talking to parents about is don't worry about teaching your kids the content, worry about creating an environment where they feel safe enough to get challenged, where they feel valued enough to be heard, that they want to make, want to make mistakes, trial new things, but then learn from them. Parents, when they first become parents, are learners themselves because they have no idea what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Like me, as a first parent, I was freaking out. And, I, <laughs> and I've, um, I've taught new entrants for three years before being, before being a parent, and I still felt like I had no idea what I was doing. And what we want parents to do and think about is you're not here to be the teacher for your kids. You're here to develop a loving, nurturing environment that is safe for them to challenge, to take risks, to explore, to question, and to just love continuing that process. I am so relieved to hear that because I am definitely not qualified to teach and I definitely <laughs> learned that lesson in COVID. But every day, every day, I think my children think I'm the internet, basically, because they'll ask me things like, how is a car made? Or... Um, who was the first person on earth? And <laughs> so yeah. I, I, there is that pressure to be able to answer your kids, but also especially post-COVID, to be able to support them in their education has become a little bit more confusing, I think. Yeah, and it's one of those things and it's bringing back being the first learner is we don't want, like schools always talk about a homeschool partnership. And when we talk about that, we don't mean we want you to teach as a parent. We don't want you to teach half the content to the kids as well as what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We want you to learn what learning is like for your child at school and at home. Learning at home is very different to learning at school. And when we talk about learning at home, what parents do really well is they get their kids involved in day-to-day -day tasks and chores and stuff like even learning how to go to the supermarket and do shopping, reading off grocery lists, baking, exploring stuff outside. I know one of my kids, his dad is a mechanic and they like pulling apart engines at home. That's the, that's the fostering of learning. That's not teaching. Yeah. It's teaching maybe a trade that you know, or teaching skills that you know, 
but you're not teaching content and doing that is developing the love of learning. So you're as a parent learning alongside of what that learning process is. Thank you for that. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just thinking of all the times that I've um, watched during COVID or tried to support my kids doing maths and year three maths yeah. just did my head in. I, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how anyone does it. You mentioned this just a moment ago, learning from our mistakes and uh, failures some kids can really take it to heart. And I don't mean to be gender specific, but I have noticed that my daughter, more than my son, takes failure really to heart, which is very hard to watch. But teaching our kids to fail, you say, is super important. Uh, but again, yeah. you talk about leading by example. Can you give us an example of how we might do that as parents? If, if we go back to the early years. So I'm a like a little story that's coming to mind now about my first child, Emma. One of the, the things that parents and first time parents seem to do, and I did a lot, is when they get to an age where they start exploring and start doing something, the kids are playing with blocks and they're trying to build a big tower and you can see that they're doing it, but you can see that they're doing it wrong. Our instant go-to is to fix that mistake for them. And what we're telling them is there is a right way to do it. But what we're forgetting is as a two or three-year-old trying to build a tower, they don't care if there's a right way to do it. They're just seeing what happens. And when it falls down and then we instantly go to the rescue and put it up and say, this is the right way to do it. We're taking away that exploration. So modeling the fact that there are many different ways to solve something, not instantly trying to fix all the mistakes, but to learn from the mistakes um, that fell down. What could, what could we do differently instead of here's the right way to do it? What about if it's an older child at primary school? So let's say they've, they're not doing great with a spelling test and they come home and they say, mom, I got four out of 10 in my spelling test and I feel really bad about it. What is the best way to respond to that as a parent? Um, I think with that situation, trying to deflect the, the, the overall score. Four out of 10, what did they get the week before? What did they get the week before that? If they did really well the week before that, then trying to unpack what actually happened in that one. Were the words too hard? Were, did, I try, did I try hard enough? But then look at, okay, now what are we going to do about it? You know, it's sort of like if, if yeah, you, you didn't spell that word correctly, but you got really close here and, and celebrating the little successes and then looking at and looking at the ways to incorporate that, to try to learn from that. If it was a simple mistake, then having a conversation and coming up with something that can correct a simple mistake or help learn from it. And I think it's that idea of really going back to the fact that they're not going to get 100% right all the time. And if they do, the teacher has made it too easy. They're not, challenge they're not challenging the student. I, I remember taking my daughter past the school that she was going to right before she started. And she, normally she's really excited that it was getting closer to her first day. And um, she was looking kind of upset. So I asked her, what is she thinking about? And she says, she's worried about school. And I said, why? She goes, I don't know how to read. How am I going to learn 
if I don't know how to read. And I, I sort of calmly listened to what she was saying and then said, but that's why you're going to school. <laughs> <laughs> school is a place for learning. If you're getting it right 100% of the time, then the teacher is doing the wrong thing or you're, or the student's not showing what they're actually capable of. Or if it's not challenging and kids aren't being challenged constantly, but the right challenge. So we talk about in the school, the Goldilocks principle, not too hard, not too easy, not too boring. So it's trying to find that sense of where is the right level of challenge? How do we work at that? And constantly trying to get kids there and past that point so that they keep learning to learn from mistakes. What dad's found in some of his research that he's done that only 2% of gifted um, students become gifted adults. Wow. <laughs> and the reason behind it is they don't know how to fail. School's a place where it's easy for them. They get great marks all the time, top 95% in everything. But if they're getting 95, top 95% in everything, it's too easy. Why do you think we, our children have this attitude to school? And I suppose it's, it has to be reflective of what parents think to a degree that a child is doing well when they're achieving top marks. Like that seems to be just the standard way that people look at school. Why do you yeah. think that is? Um, I think it comes back to expectations. What we talk about in the book is having appropriately high expectations and kids are born into a world of our expectations. And a lot of parents these days, um, especially new parents in the last 10 years, when they went to school, knowledge was everything. Like I remember going to school and the, the kids who were doing the best were the ones who could rattle off their times tables and do those times tables grid in under a minute. But these days, that's not important because I don't need to be able to do my times tables fast. I have a calculator in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and the world is changing and going from just knowledge, knowledge, knowledge to what are we going to do with that knowledge? Social skills, adaptability, technology has changed everything these days. And I think it's trying to change that narrative where it's not about getting a hundred percent. Yeah. Getting a hundred percent on a test always feels nice. It does. Like I, at my, my last thing at uni, that was, that's what I was aiming for. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's why are you doing it? I'm setting a hundred percent because I want to push myself. I want to do really well. I'm aiming for something higher than what I know I can achieve so that I can push past what's actually achievable for myself. But it's that ability of what am I doing? How am I going about it? And what are my expectations? If parents' expectations are 100% on every test, you're, they're setting a unrealistic bar of expectation. And when kids don't meet it, because no one gets 100% on the test every time. No. But what you wanted to be developing is that expectation of it's not about the score, it's about that process. And it's about enjoying it. Well, I love the philosophy behind all of that, Kyle. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. No worries. Thank you for having me. That's Kyle Hattie. He's a primary school teacher and co-author of 10 Steps to Develop Great Learners, and you'll find links to the book in the notes of this episode. 
I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.